Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Sound in the form of music is a powerful expression. I grew up with music in my life every day, and I've studied it, its effect on consciousness, and, and I've used music and, and trained using music as a therapeutic modality. One of my favorite quotes is from Algis Huxley, after silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. And then it turns out when I looked at Kalyani's website today, I found the same quote. So, you know, no accidents. I'm delighted to bring you my guest today, who will, I have a feeling will inspire you in some unexpected ways. So stay with us. Welcome. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute, home of the quantum connection process. Go there to discover your unique connection with the essence of who you are by taking the quantum connection quiz. We are each designed to connect with source in our own unique way, differently. And knowing your own style helps to open a deeper connection for you with the universe. It's the secret to creating what you truly want in your life. Because who you are is exactly who is needed. My guest today is Kalyani, who is a spiritually inspired visionary. As a producer, artist, and founder of Stargate Alliance Films and Media, she is inspiring people through offering alternative visions, information, and empowering tools for self, as well as for global soul transformation. It is Kalyani's dream to offer herself, I would say offer herself, as an instrument for the betterment of humanity and the uplifting of consciousness on the planet. She says that her deep, heartfelt connection with Source is the driving force and fuel in everything she co-creates and assists in bringing forth. She is the creator of One Earth, a single and music video as a call for human connection and oneness to heal the earth. Welcome, Kalyani, to Wisdom Talk Radio. I'm very happy that you're here. Oh, thank you for having me, Lorraine. It's a pleasure. So, um, boy, I could start in so many different places as we were just talking about. Um, and and I, just to give us a little kind of maybe commonality or understanding of a little more about who you are beyond, you know, your details. Um, I don't know when it was, you just told me, and I forgot that quickly, when you took on the name of Kalyani, but what does it mean? It's a beautiful wow. name. I, um, that name came to me in meditation. Um, uh, it sounds corny, but it's true. I was meditating a lot at the time, and I didn't, I felt like um, this music uh, container and needed to be separate from all everything else, all the other jobs I have, mm-hmm. like the muse, right? 
So I had been calling that in for a while and I came in meditation I had never heard. So I was in the garden and I rushed back inside and I went, first thing I did, I said, what is this? Because I loved how it felt, how it sounded. And I searched and it has so many meanings. It's, it's a type of Indian song. It's also um, associated with, I think, goddess Lakshmi uh, and... You know, it is, it is, it means auspicious, the one who brings the gifts. Um, it means beautiful. <laughs> it's like, it's such a, there's a city called Kalyani. There's a raga in India, which is played usually for weddings. It's a type of song uh, that only is played for marriages um, and during marriages. So it's, it's, it's quite powerful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah, I was wow. I was like, great, this is it. <laughs> so here, here's something that that just is coming to me is like, uh, with a with a name that powerful, how have you lived into it? Oh, uh, I, you know, I didn't think much of it. I just. I just said spirit dropped it in. It's probably what it's supposed to be sure. um, because of what had just come through around that time. Actually, mm-hmm. it, it may have been yeah, right after I recorded Namu's Invocation. So, and Namu's Invocation is quite the piece. If you watched my first release, it's mm-hmm. uh, that's why I feel like um, it was bigger than me and it was not mm-hmm. by me. It was through me. Mm-hmm. I actually felt honored and I felt touched by grace by, by being chosen to receive something such as that. Yes. So it was not my desire to become a singer, but when that came through, because I was, I was conceptualizing a documentary on the sacred feminine uh-huh. and I music needed to be powerful. So the story goes, I had a couple of weeks off, the kids were gone, and I went into this deep search. How could I ever create a documentary about Sacred Feminine in the sense that I feel her? Mm -hmm. I was so, because of my past history, so we're going backwards. So uh, my awakening to the Divine Feminine, which happened in 2003 approximately, um, at the dissolution of my marriage and through a process of deep prayer and communion with spirit, um, I started seeing, um, uh, this goddess, you know, this mm-hmm. deity, however you want to refer to it. And I didn't know who she was. I know she was Asian, you know, and, uh, she appeared in dreams and I had a lot of synchronicities. Uh, it, it would be a lot to just go through it, but basically eventually I, in a beautiful way, I'm writing a book. So hopefully when that gets out, <laughs> I was will be there. Um, she came to me and, uh, it was Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion, which mm-hmm. you may be very familiar with. She's yes, very, very much so. weird in Asia, you know. And um, so, um, where was I? I'm a little <laughs> <laughs> living into your name, how the music came, and and uh, that whole opening for you. Oh yeah, so that burning fire inside of me um, was uh, wanting to give her a voice. Mm-hmm. Literally, I felt like. It, in some way, I became the mother to the mother, which is a very 
strange things to say, but I received that like as, um, you know, I had, um, a, um, training with the 13 moon mystery school. I became a, a facilitator for mm-hmm. sacred circles on the 13 archetypes of the divine feminine. And, um, you know, in that process, I realized I was a midwife. I was becoming a midwife to the sacred feminine. That's why when you, when you read my social media, it says midwife to the sacred feminine. So I'm getting rebirthing her conscious awareness in every work I do. Mm-hmm. So that's, main calling per se okay then so that kind of underpins or holds everything else in its container yeah 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 okay well you also talk about um those earlier works as being direct heart tones um you know they're not lyrics but they're sounds and and you you call them immanence uh, um a direct download into the heart and soul from the divine can you what does that mean for you uh i i feel it is um when we become empty and filled with love and passion for something bigger than us <laughs> that we can um, offer as a gift, um, and 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 we allow um, imminence as Eurobindo defined, you know, is the coming down of the divine. It's the reverse of transcending, and I find mm-hmm. that extremely important to be aware of because transcendence became such a uh, a trendy thing. We got to transcend the earth. We got to transcend humanity. We have, you know, I feel transcending like transcending the ego, all of that. Yeah. The truth is, we are here for a reason. Mm-hmm. You have to bring the divine down mm-hmm. into this manifestation of reality. People tend to separate a lot. They separate earth from heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, when I was eight and a half, here's an interesting story. I had an out of body experience where I was. Uh, I came back from school and I I was a very super active child. And at that time, I just, you know, I actually climbed on my bunk bed in the middle of the afternoon and looked in the into the ceiling and I was transported into the cosmos and I was actually taken out and I could see the earth and all the earth's transformation. And I had this question in my mind or in the recesses of whatever my mind was at that point. Show me before. I want to see mm-hmm. how the world was before mm-hmm. all of this. And I kept traveling backwards, and then I saw the planets, and I kept saying, show me before. And then the planets started to pop, like disappear. And then I, I was seeing galaxies, and then the galaxies started to, just as a child, I didn't, I just thought I was in the sky with the middle of the stars, and it was dark, you know, Um and all the stars started to disappear, and I found myself in the void. Mm. And um, from that point, I said, uh, this must be where God is, you know, because I, I was extremely aware of God because I prayed a lot. My mother taught us to pray. We didn't go to church or anywhere, like, but she thought the power of prayer is important. She sat by our bed every night, and we prayed like four or five different prayers every day. Mm-hmm. And that, I carry that through my life, you know? So I... I found myself there and I said, this must be where God is. And I felt this sense of peace and I wasn't scared. It was, uh-huh. it was nothing. And then I thought to myself, well, 
what was there before God? Is there anything before God? Can you show me? And at that point, because it was innocent, I didn't have imprints of what I should say, not say. I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Something ever before God. Can you show it to me? And that that moment, my I came back with a crash into my body. Mm-hmm. And I, I sat up in bed and my heart was pounding. And, you know, I looked around and um, couldn't remember anything. I lost hmm. all sense of identity. I didn't know who I was, where I was, what that was. My bed, my bedroom, my door. It was a complete er- erasure of my mind. I didn't remember my mother, my grandmother, my sister. Hmm. No. So you were really, uh, you were really in the void, in, in uh-huh. physical reality. Yeah, and it's subject to interpretation what that meant why when I asked was there anything before God that happened and I've had many inner discoveries with that and I do feel it is because I was terrified you know Um, I heard some yogis and Indian gurus like Babaji had a similar experience um And people say, oh, it's beautiful. You sense one is, you know, I felt the one is when I was in the void, but when I came back down, mm-hmm. it loss of identity, that was not peaceful. That was scary. Mm-hmm. Terrified. And I just um, found my, yeah, I don't know. I sat there for as long as I, I can't remember. I was so young. But eventually I found my way down, walked out and went to the street and I ran. I just ran because mm-hmm. I knew there was something wrong because <laughs> I said my heart was void empty I had no sense of belonging mm-hmm. I was somewhere I did not recognize I didn't know who I was what I was there was no sense of connection to anything mm-hmm. so it God is to me that which gives us connection belonging mm-hmm. see that was the answer what was there before God there was this nothing nothing. you can't feel anything you don't belong anywhere you don't have a sense of connection with anything your heart's empty there's no love you know there was this I was anxious because I knew something was missing in a big way Mm -hmm. so as I started to run it's almost like I was grounding myself Mm -hmm. I started skipping Mm -hmm. hopping I, I was desperately trying to remember something yeah and slowly it started to come to me and it was like oh, like I entered paradise literally just to remember my mom and my grandma my name and everybody's name and oh yes oh yeah oh yes then I walk, I started to walk home and I said oh my god I can never tell this to anyone they would think I'm absolutely I thought I lost my mind and I was terrified, and I said, I'm never going to share this with anyone. So um, I kind of repressed that memory mm-hmm. a lot. And mm-hmm. after the second year of USM, a lot of these started to come back. I was actually writing a book. I haven't published it. It's called Jewel in the Mud. And it was my thesis for my second year of master's program. And actually, it was the 28th year of USM. And they had never allowed anybody to write a book during the second year, not a book like that, which mm-hmm. was a reframing of reality uh, about my life using all of the most poignant crisis and events in my life as a mm-hmm. bouncing board, you know, and to look at it from a place of 
a gift instead of a, you know, of a torture or suffering. Well, and, and I, it sounds like you have been able to claim it as a, as the gift that it was. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. You mean the the name? No, or? no, no, no. The experience. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, uh, it took a while, but uh, everything is very clear now. Yeah. Well, it's, I'd love to to go into that experience of of what connection means for you because that that is a, that is profound in and of itself but for me personally it's something that has a lot of meaning and the um that coming through the void for me has a lot to do with the with the creative process in general that I, my experience has been and i've seen it in client after client after client but certainly within myself that when when there's that sense of something completing Mm-hmm. At eight and a half, that's not where you were. But it, when, in 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 normal life, we often enter that place of the void where we feel like I don't know who I am. Like I'll wake up one day and I know that everything in me has changed, so I don't have anything that I recognize. And people's tendency in that time is to want to like hold on to structure or fill it with, oh, I know I must be getting sick or it must be this or it must be that. And then they miss out on what really could arise from that, from going through the void, from hanging out in it till something emerges. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm imagining, and I, please tell me if this is true or not, that it had, that whole experience has made it easier for you to hang out in those moments of the void, the in-between creation ending and something new beginning mm-hmm. I would imagine yes definitely um yeah I um I you know I, I was told a few times that I work very slowly mm. a lot of people who are creating something they have that anxiety to let it out Mm-hmm. I actually love the process. I love the process of yeah. creating. Um, I like to nurse it, to nourish, to make sure. It's not about putting a lot of things out there. Right. It, for me, it's about um, authentic um, work and making sure it's it's reflecting the place from which it was inspired, right? Yes, yes, yes. There's like this, and it's like, well, this is this is ready. We should just, like I said, no, it's not. So I have this, you know, as Mary, <laughs> USM, my teacher, uh, uh, USM used to say, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm just, I just really fond of impeccability. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing even more than that, though, that it's not about... You know, it's not about quantity for me. That's why I'm a single artist. It's, it's like paying attention to the vibration of what you're putting out and the, the need to keep it connected with the source of that. Yeah. And, and to have an integrity to, mm-hmm. to the refinement to, to tune in over and over again and make sure, you know, to me, that's very important. So, 
It's definitely not about numbers for me. It's about the quality of what I do. And is it reflecting the source from where it was inspired, which for me is all this blind directors. Yeah. That's, I love to hear you say that because that is, that's everything to me. Yeah, it really is. And, and so that often does mean that you're not creating or producing tons and tons of things. And it, and it looks like whatever it looks like, but what it is, is that, um, you, you use the word refinement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Refining and polishing that jewel. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The seed is like a jewel that drops in and then you got to cultivate, polish, refine, and <sighs> reflect, you know, through your, your co-creation with spirit. That's, That's the- that is the co-creation experience because it's, it's, it's knowing or it's recognizing that creation, an idea or a project has a life of its own. And we have to stay attuned to what that life is. And so it's an, it's, it's a constant kind of movement. Um, and your, your videos are very much around movement as well as sound. Oh yeah. 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 The videos is, I find it so, you know, and because I do one at a time, I find it such a beautiful marriage of sound and light because mm-hmm. the video lights and it adds to the sound and it makes this beautiful art you know form and uh uh, the two of them together hopefully can transport you know somebody into that realm that i was you know feeling while i was co-creating yeah 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 so can we talk a little bit about one earth um that's been your latest piece and um when did that come out that came out on earth day this year, this year, twenty second of April. Yeah. Okay. So, you say we're the ones we've been waiting for—the ones to co-create a new Earth. And and in that, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a call that you're putting out. Mm-hmm. And and I'm interested to have you speak to that and and how we're to answer that call. You know, I was. Um, I was invited to write this song and it was a bit of an intimidating thing because I was invited to this, um, <clears throat> to meet this um, a legendary human being, um, humanitarian agent, um, uh, Ken Cragen, and a project that he was involved in uh, called, it, it's um nonprofit organization called uh, Hands Around in the World, where it's a climate change organization. You know, mm-hmm. it's probably semi for profit, nonprofit, and to raise funds to help clean up the planet in a sense. And um, and I had several meetings with them, and I was just willing to become a liaison and bring more people because they were taking it off the ground. I think they launched it in you know, 2019. And then when COVID hit and lockdown came in March of 2020, it all simmered down. And I met them like in the summer of 2020. After a few meetings on Zoom, the CEO asked me, 
Kalyani, would you write a song for our, you know? And, you know, Ken Cregan was the guy who created, um, you know, Hands Across America. And I wasn't even in the U.S. at that time. But um, uh, USA for Africa with, you know, Michael Jackson and those legendary, extraordinary people uh, and singers uh, with We Are the World. And they wanted a song like that. And I said, listen, did you ever hear my music? I don't even write <laughs> yeah but you know this is neil he's like i i'm very intuitive i think you know and they had songs created for their projects and there's a beautiful website um um i think it's hands.org hands.world.org mm-hmm. um, and it's it's beautiful there's interviews there's but they they were not you know especially neil he was not very happy with with the songs and i said well after a while i said you know and uh, no pressure, right? He kept saying. <laughs> so I had to kind of get out of the way and allow myself because the cause was so beautiful, you know, and the earth is Gaia, you know. And I said, this is not my signature, but hey, you know, why not try something different? And some, mm. and, uh, and I opened myself to it and I garden a lot, you know, and I swim. And so while gardening and swimming, I allowed the lyrics to download with the melody and this is how one earth came and um, um, and that that you know in that process I, I i've always been conscious and i've always donated to um you know cl- climate change organizations and uh, environmental i'd say uh, organizations but um i did a deep dive in knowing what's happening now and what i realized is that we are creating tremendous change and we don't know it because we we have filtered news coming through you know regular media channels and when you do your own separate search you will find what extraordinary things have been done and i like to mention a couple of them one tree planted has i think 100 million they just uh, trees planted mm. recently uh, and uh, it it's something that came from somebody like you and i who just woke up one day and said you know i want to plant trees mm-hmm. and and now it's a, a, a multi-million dollar organization and it's completely yeah. profit, and it's just planting trees all around the world. Mm-hmm. It shows, and then you know, uh, Boy and Slat, this sixteen-year-old, you know, Dutch boy who was swimming in Greece, and he saw all these trash bags floating, more plastic than anything, and he said, "Why can't we clean this up?" And he went back to school. He went to high school, and he did a whole project about that. He left high school and created this huge organization it's called ocean cleanup it's miraculous what he's doing he has boats at the bottom of rivers all around the world the the highest polluting rivers in the world which bring all the garbage down from these villages everywhere in the world and cities where you know and all this trash is flowing into the ocean he captures it and he collects it and he's even the garbage patch that everybody talks about in the middle of the pacific he's he's creating miracles okay Mm. So we are the ones we've been waiting for. Don't go to TV news to find out the good story. Go find it yourself. We need to create more channels of information. I think we are our heroes. We don't need to wait for it to come from above, right? Exactly. Yes. You can just wake up one day and say, I'm really done with this. And what can I do to help? 
it matters a lot. And the power of one, like mm -hmm. one thing you choose to not do anymore or to start doing, mm -hmm. to, be it not use plastic straws, don't use plastic utensils, don't use plastic bags, don't use, it, it matters a lot. The consumer dictates what the what products on the shelf so yes, if you love this almond milk and it comes in a in a glass in a glass jar great but if it doesn't try to find one that does you know hey mm -hmm. whatever you don't buy they won't put out anymore if you want glass <laughs> they we're gonna put it on glass period yeah. so it's 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 our power right yeah i you know i have a a, a dear dear friend who is um doing a master's program right now in the UK and, 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 you know, she's, she's had very successful careers and she's doing this and she's, her focus is on the role of consciousness in climate change. Mm. And, you know, and, and not only what can we do, but how elevating our consciousness, changing mm. our frequency. And I'd, I want to talk with you about frequency and vibration, um, but how changing that impacts what happens in the world impacts what happens in in how we address climate change mm -hmm. absolutely and i'm hearing something very similar in what you're speaking to yeah that is awareness awareness is consciousness changing you know enhancing consciousness just by becoming viscerally tuned in to the mm -hmm. depth of healing you have the potential to do and sometimes education is important yeah we need, to, we need to understand the impact of what you do you know and that's why sometimes these uh videos that show us the numbers is good because one person doing this multiplies like you know geometrically and you end up finding out that this one choice you made has created a ripple effect so big that you're in awe yes. but until you understand that because we we don't have a way to measure the consequences of our choices impact negatively as well mm -hmm. becoming aware is enhancing consciousness because it's not just thinking about it it's embodying mm -hmm. that that knowledge that understanding and when you embody that understanding it, it's part of you it's no longer a thought it's not longer an idea it's who you are yeah and then that's what moves <clears throat> moves us to take action in some sort of way yeah and is that is that been part of um, what you did one earth about or you know wh why did you do it yes you were asked but some part of you must have felt some <sighs> responsiveness you know to want to do that oh absolutely first of all the 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 calling the magnitude of the project the potential it had mm -hmm. to create change uh, was extraordinary just Compare that to um, USA for Africa is a nonprofit that is still mm -hmm. racist because Ken was talking to us said, I still collect, you know, we still collect as a member of the board mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands a year, even though it's such an old song, just in downloads and 
and we still send it to Africa and we send it, we, we use it in the United States as well for, you know, um, probably Black Lives Matter. It was focused on African, uh, helping the African countries and, um, you know, and um, poverty and mm-hmm. for them to, for them to live a better life, a famine and all of that. But he said, we, we have extended it to, you know, the African-Americans here too. And so the, the, the impact that that has had, the, 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 you know, millions of dollars it has made over decades and to create something similar now, geared towards environmental change, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. raising about pre- preservation of this beautiful planet. And the connection of my work to that is that Gaia is the spiritual uh, community is versed to call is a, is a goddess, right? Mm-hmm. It's a feminine entity. As they say, the sun is male and the earth is female, which for me, it's, it's silly. Everything is <laughs> the mother is is also uh, the sun, and we've had many sun goddesses, which is something fun I like to explore. But uh, the current thought form, so you know, Gaia is the embodiment of the feminine in the sense that it's nourishing us. Right, the mm-hmm. women give birth. Gaia gives birth to mm-hmm. plants, trees animals it's a nest for life so it's constantly giving and nourishing and it's growing trees and fruits and flowers and it's a whole um you know uh, um a furnace that's generating life upon life upon life so in that sense it is like femininity in itself mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. we give life we nurse life yeah. and so in that sense, I feel like I am still within that uh, same um, unique mm-hmm. uh, perspective of being uh, midwifing the sacred feminine. Gaia is a sacred feminine embodiment in a sense, you know, on our side. Did you ever do that documentary? No. No, I have not because the music took a life of its own. It got placed in films and, you know, the universe took me into this journey that was completely different. Mm -hmm. It is in the back burner, you know, and I think maybe um, they will come through, but the universe is, is telling me to do more music for now. And yeah. So what is next? (laughs) <laughs> that, that what's emerging what's emerging Kaliana? Kaliana? Yeah, i feel like um i never plan because you know as they say we no, plan not, i don't mean planning but what what feels like is is emerging well um i'm feeling called to really take time off uh travel i want to do a bit of a pilgrimage that i've been calling i've done a little bit but i want to do a more intense one um, and, um, during this pilgrimage focus on finishing organizing, there's a lot that's been written, but it's out of order. Mm-hmm. Book I want to write about this journey, this beautiful journey that gave birth to all this creation. And, um, and I also think, um, doing more music a little more, um, expediently because I do have, 
a tendency to kind of, um, you know, oh, this is half done, you know, well, I'm not feeling cold yet, you know, oh, spirit will tell me, but put a little more um, intention on it. Like, okay, I have a few tracks I have almost ready and all I have to do is touch it up and create the the video and release and maybe do one a year instead of every three or four years, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an intention to do it more often. And then that's the book and more music is what's in the, in the flow. Okay. Okay. And in, in coming towards the end of our time together, um, is there something hmm, that you could offer to our listeners, our viewers, that that is like a here's something you you might consider doing now? And I don't mean about climate change. I don't. I'm, I'm not putting any parameters around that, but some kind of guidance that you feel called to offer. You know, I feel like one of the most important things in this process for me, starting to do music so late in my life and doing something I never thought I'd be doing, Mm -hmm. um, has to do with believing that your dreams and what you're bringing forth is important and to give voice to it and to not allow previous parameters and concepts about, you know, like I was not musically trained. Right. Mm -hmm. And I resisted for quite a while. I said, no, no, no. People found out I had done a Muslim vacation and said, can you play for me? And they would cry in front of me Mm -hmm. and they would grab my arms and their eyes were tearing up. And they said, you can't keep this to yourself. You have Mm -hmm. to release it. And I said, but I am not a singer. I, you know, I can't do this now. I'm in my forties. I just can't. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing is I had to, The epiphany came and said, when I allow myself to do this, I'll give permission for somebody else to do the same. Because Mm -hmm. the fact that you're not trained, follow your passion. My message is follow your passion no matter how outside of the parameters it may seem like oh you have to be trained i come from a family you know a lot of people like oh i come from a family of sitar players my grandfather and my grandmother (laughs) like who cares right are you burning inside with love for something are you too you're 80 I don't care. Go ahead and do it because it does not matter what somebody did before, what the parameters of the world are. I have, I have, you know, Kalyani is about breaking through limiting concepts of reality. Mm-hmm. But I had, and it's on my website, just like mm-hmm. your quote, you love that we share, you know, mm-hmm. uh, after, you know, after music silences and, you know, it's one of the things I believe breakthrough limiting concepts of reality is the new era. It's what we're here to do to crack open the new codes mm-hmm. of a new earth of a new possibility that takes deep programming. So let go of the program and believe that it's everything is new. Whatever you do now, if it's done with passion, especially if your dream has to do with something that is not serving you, but serving the whole in a way. 
-hmm. is keeping something. The universe will step in and roll the red carpet like it did for me because it wasn't about me. I was doing this out of love for the consciousness um, of resacralizing the feminine and Mm -hmm. the desecration around the feminine and the objectification of the feminine and the passion I had to bring the sacred of the feminine back into our human consciousness. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about me. It was about the collective feminine. It's about the collective world. It's about creating balance, right? Because- mm-hmm. Well, it really, it's, is it balance? Because balance sounds static. Or is it resonance and flow? Well, I always think of the columns of a temple, right? If you have the sacred masculine and the sacred Mm. feminine, and, you know, I always feel like there was a bit of the Tower of Pisa because for (laughs) 6,000 religious institutions were focused only on a divine masculine archetype. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is Muhammad, Jesus, and on and so forth, and Moses, and blah, right? Um, Abraham, and all these religious institutions are just and i feel like you know here's the sacred feminine literally the tower is gonna fall and i i I feel like it is falling it was falling yeah i think we already entered and i feel like it was after 2012 the cycle of the mayan calendar ended and i do feel a lot of people are expecting fifth dimensional jump or the world's gonna end no the world as we knew it Mm -hmm. um codes changed and the feminine has stepped forth since then i call 2013 year one Mm. of the transformation or the phoenix rising within us you know to to delete those things that don't serve us and come into unity but we need to come into unity as equals right so that column needs to be built up Mm. structure strongly together right so we can really come into truth. Yeah. Yeah. Integration of the polarities, right? Mm. Well, that's a lot to leave us with. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. How can people find you? Well, I am um, at Kaliani.com. As long as, you know, the spelling is right, you find me there, Kaliani.com. I'll be in the show notes. And also social media, I I, I have a, a a big group, you know, on Facebook, and uh, I have a music page on Facebook as well, a fan mm-hmm. page. There's a, a nice crowd there, and then um, I'm not on Instagram as much, but I am every time I do a launch. There's a lot of things that I post, and you know, in my Facebook profile, I do more personal things. So if you get to know me on a day-to-day basis, <laughs> I'm on the beach. I'm playing fresco or something. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, it's been a delight to have you on. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Lori. Thank you so much. And I want to thank our listeners and our viewers for you being with us today here at Wisdom Talk Radio. And join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Um, you can find us on our, your favorite place to listen to podcasts and on YouTube. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please do leave us a review. Subscribe, because when you leave a review, 
that lets more people know how to access this kind of wisdom and transform the world. And that's what we're about. And for more about how you can thrive with your own personal quantum connection, take the quantum connection quiz now. See you next time. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.